Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. Uh, today, we're sitting in the dining room at Smith Crossing here in, uh, is it Orland Park or Tilling Park? Or Orland Park. All right, so in Orland Park, uh, about far south of Orland Park as you can get, I think. Correct, uh, yep. And with me today is Kevin McGee, uh, President and CEO of, of Smith, and it's it's broader than just Smith Crossing. Uh, if I remember right, you guys have a couple of campuses? Yes, that's correct. Um, yep. So tell me a little bit about that. So campus here in Orland Park, where's your, where's your other campus? Sure, so I work for the parent company, uh, Smith Senior Living, uh, and our other campus is in the southwest side of Chicago in the Beverly Morgan Park neighborhood, okay. uh, Smith Village. And uh, we have been around for 98 years as a not-for-profit. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, now you haven't been CEO that whole time, right? No, no. <laughs> Quarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, you've been here for a long time. You said just Wednesday you celebrated your... My 24th anniversary was this past Wednesday. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. So today what we're going to talk about a little bit is, um, Kevin, hopefully you can, you can give us some insight, as people age in life and they go through retirement uh, there's times when they start transitioning and start thinking about should I still stay in my home uh, maybe I need some help with some things uh, and that's kind of your world right I mean that's yeah. that's what Smith's all about yeah you know I think uh, uh, senior living has uh, had dramatic changes over the past uh, five decades I and mean, I think people used to think of senior living as a nursing home well it's far from what it was 50 years ago and I always say, what as an organization, what we do is we fight social isolation for seniors. A lot of seniors are living at home by themselves. You know, they don't want to cook for themselves anymore. They have a large house that maybe use 15% of the space. And we see that if they come to a community like Smith Crossing or Smith Village, um, giving up that house is a freeing um, experience where you're now coming down to a dining room that we sit in right now, and you're eating with other people and making friends oftentimes renewing friendships that you knew from years ago. Um, and you're putting a plan in place should something happen in the future. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that. Uh, I think about my wife's great-grandmother. Uh, so she lived to be 105. Wow. And uh, she, the last, up until 99, lived on her own. So she wow. was uh, was part of that diehard crew. I like to stay in my house type of a thing. Uh, and you talk about making renewing friendships. Uh, she, she ultimately ended up moving into a place where uh, I don't know what it was called, but, but she had somebody that lived with her. It was an apartment type of complex, mm -hmm. but uh, when she did, she found out that the lady upstairs, uh, she actually went to kindergarten, oh, yeah. from kindergarten through eighth grade. And so here these 200 year olds are reconnecting. Uh, reconnecting yep. And uh, to your point, that social isolation oh, absolutely. Is, uh, is pretty huge. And so give me a little bit of a sense. You talk about how things have changed. Uh, so my understanding is that Smith is considered a life plan community. Is that the right? Correct. Right term. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, what does that mean? What does life plan community mean? Yeah. So, a life plan community is uh, you're putting a plan in place for yourself, and it's your plan. We always encourage people to move into a, a, one of our communities while they're independent. Um, we have one two-bedroom apartments or condos, uh, full kitchens. Uh, a lot of our apartments have two full bathrooms. Um, you know, we, we build these beautiful kitchens, but very few people use it, ironically. Um, but the idea being that if you need um, care in the future, you already put a plan in place because at Smith Crossing and Smith Village, we have independent living, assisted living, memory support care, skilled care, and rehab. So if you need any of those services, we, you have a plan in place. And I always like to say it's, it's your plan. So often people decide to stay in their house longer than they should and an emergency takes place. Now you have the adult child flying in from another part of the country, trying to put a plan in place, and now it's their plan. 
you know. Um, and we've been around for so you know, almost 100 years, we have established relationships with hospitals. So someone goes to the hospital, they see Smith Crossing, Smith Village, they know who to call over to the campus to get that plan in place and maybe you need rehab for two weeks. And then your friends can come over and visit you. And the idea is always to get you back to independent living. Yeah. And, well, and, and as we think about that, one of the things I was hoping to accomplish in our conversation today is, is people start to age, or even as they enter retirement, one of the big things on their mind is, what if this happens, right? And, uh, and so help me to understand, how is it that I start going about that process? Because it seems like anymore, uh, it, it, my uh, unknowing eye, I drive by and I see a Smith and I see a Evergreen, or I see it, you know, whatever the name is out in front, and it seems like they're popping up all over the place. Are all places this life plan community where they offer all these services, is it not? Like, what's the difference there? And, yeah. If you could unwrap that a little bit. Yeah, um, there's a lot more choice than there was in the past. Uh, the baby boomers are coming up, and I think the industry uh, is preparing for it. Um, <clears throat> we are unique in that we are a life plan community where a lot of our competitors are not, and it's, it's important to differentiate between the two. Uh, a lot of places are just independent living or just assisted living, and if you need more care, you have to leave. There's also a differentiator for us is that we're a not-for-profit organization. So, wait a minute, real quick, before I think about that, so, uh, when or go past that, when you talk about if you need different care, you have to leave. Yeah. What, what does that mean? So, uh, so if, I, if I'm going out, let's say, I'm thinking about maybe for myself or for mom or dad probably, right? I'm, I'm going to help mom or dad put together this plan, uh, and I'm stopping at these different places. What does it mean? Like, if they have to leave, what did you mean when you said that? Sure, um, you know, no one likes to think of the, the what-if scenarios, but you have to, so, God forbid you have a devastating stroke, or you have a progressive disease of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. The other set of uh, communities are, are just to take care of you or provide services while you're independent, or assisted living, which is limited amount of care they can give based on their licensure. Well, here, the whole life plan community has all the services under one umbrella. Okay. So again, you're part of the community. You know, hopefully your family knows us. You know, uh, we know the resident, of course. Um, the other campuses, oftentimes, will will call and say, you know, mom has had a certain health situation that you know the community can't handle, and we also oftentimes say, well, we don't have room because we've already made a commitment to our own residents who moved into independent living. So we made a commitment to our residents and that so, if they need more services, they get priority. And so when you say that, uh, what does that mean? So if I if I came in and moved into your independent uh, living, uh, are you saying that no matter what, I can stay here kind of a thing? I mean, is that the idea? Uh, that, that's the idea. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, we I do, no matter what might be a hard term, but, but, I mean, right, but is yeah, that kind of the, yeah. the concept? I mean, there's certain things we couldn't provide, you know, ventilator support, things like that, but that's really on the outlier. Sure. Um, but yeah, and as a not-for-profit, we make a commitment that if you move in and say you outlive your resources, we won't ask you to leave. That's another differentiator to ask when you're looking at other communities. Um, now we do, of course, have to financially qualify people because we can't just take everybody in. But it's a uh, it's it's a peace of mind for the resident and their family to know, you know, people are living a lot longer than they were 20 years ago. For sure, they have to run our resources. They won't have to leave, and you know, we it's it's part of our mission. And so that kind of opens up all kinds of questions in my mind. So when I hear that, it makes me feel like, am I am I going to be signing up for a place that is like super expensive compared to everybody else out there? Are there like 
tiers. You know, I think about when I go to I'm use travel as the example. You know, if I go to a hotel, I could find the place that charges thirty nine bucks a night, and I get yeah. an experience. And I can try find a place that charges three hundred dollars a night, and I get yeah. a different experience. Uh, you know, so how does all that work in, sure. in this world? So for the life plan community for independent living, people do put an entrance fee down. It's a one-time entrance fee. And it's based off the uh, five-mile radius of the housing market. Um, but there at Smith Crossing, we have about 15 different floor plans. So those floor plans come with a different uh, entrance fee and monthly fee. Okay. The larger the square footage, the higher the entrance fee and the monthly service fee. Sure. So if somebody wants to save on some of the resources, then they could choose a sm smaller apartment. And so when you talk about kind of monthly fees and, and that kind of stuff, what does that get me? I mean, is that, is that just, to, just the right to be here, kind of like a country club membership? Or is, you know, what does that, how does that work? Sure, so your monthly fees include all your utilities, uh, housekeeping twice a week, your activities, your, uh, you get a continental breakfast every day, and then you're allowed a, a certain amount of dining points every quarter, every three months. And you can come down to the dining room uh, to have uh, a real high-end meal or you know just a, an average meal and you could also invite your family and friends to come to those dining points uh, real estate taxes um, you're no longer having to pay for a repair of a roof or refrigerator goes out the monthly fee pays for all that wow and, and that's the independent side that's independent living uh, the it's funny one of the things we talk about a lot with our clients and as they talk about that if I heard that and I was 50, I think it's like vacation, right? I'm going to an all-inclusive place <laughs> where I get the I get food and I get some activities and I get all that stuff. Uh, but sometimes there's trepidation when people start thinking about I'm making a move, even though I get all that stuff. What's your experience there? I mean, is it are people get realizing that this isn't your grandma and grandpa's nursing home? That this is yeah. a what does yeah. that look like, Kevin? Uh, quite often we hear people uh, say, "I wish we did this sooner." Um, and being an organization that's been around for almost 100 years, we're actually serving second generation families. Oh wow. So, and I am one of them. My, my parents live at our other campus and my grandmother was a resident at the uh, other campus uh, years ago. So it's kind of fun to see being here so long, the different generations coming through. Um, obviously when, when people come through today, they see different building, they see more choices. Um, and they also see um, the, the peace of mind that my parents gave to me and my siblings about having a plan in place, like my grandmother did for my parents when she moved in. Yeah. So um, it, it takes a lot of, and I'm the youngest of five, and so everyone has an opinion. If there's an emergency, right? Yeah. But now my parents put their their plan in place. Well, and it's funny. Uh, we've got you know Katie is who usually co-hosts with us, and uh, I, we tell her she's the youngest of the four in our family, and we tell you know what. Whatever happens with mom, she's all yours. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> and I'm the youngest. Too, yeah, so. exactly. That's why. That's why I thought about yeah. it. So, uh, so you're smart to put that plan in place with your folks. Um, and so, so we talked a little bit about the independent side. What happens if my health does start to to change or you know that kind of stuff? So, how what does that progression look like? Is that something that you know once I move in, now you guys are in charge of my care like you tell me where i'm going or do i have some choice in it? you know what does all that look like? yeah i know we like to work with uh residents and their family members uh when healthcare needs arise sometimes having a large apartment uh maybe it's quite a distance from the dining room so it's harder to navigate and i always say assisted living is like independent living um on a smaller scale with services in place okay so in assisted living we have uh, CNAs on staff 24 hours a day. We have nurses on site 12 hours a day. They can help with medi medication management, uh, bathing, 
Um, meals are now three times a day because you have more of a kitchen net. So uh, again, it's, it's just independently on a smaller scale with more services and you're still part of the community. Okay. Uh, well, and, and as we've been sitting here, you know, we've got all kinds of stuff that I keep hearing it. So this is not like a, a dead place where okay. at all, like where yeah. nothing going on, right? And Absolutely. You've got, so tell me a little bit about what are those activities or you know, how active oh, yeah. of a community? We have uh, bus trips. We have entertainers that come in once or twice a month to uh, provide entertainment in our community hall. We have a very uh, active group of residents. They have their own drama club. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's a lot of fun. And they put on musicals. Um, they take ownership of the program, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then we try to bring uh, the community in uh, from the outside. So we have different schools that'll come in and perform. Um, and you can be as busy or, or not as you choose. So yeah. um, we want to respect people's privacy, uh, but we see a lot of people come out for all the programming. Yeah, we, I tell a lot of people, I remember when my grandma uh, had gone into an assisted living facility, uh, right before she did, she had Parkinson's, and uh, right before she did, my dad and I both, uh, she was on the kind of really downward spiral, uh, and we both thought that it was not good, like yeah. we, it was kind of short, uh, but there were, to her life, and, and there were times though, something about being in that community, you talked about that isolation, uh, there's something about coming in and knocking on the door, hey Florence, you wanna go play cards, and hey Florence, let's go to dinner type of stuff. Uh, she was there 13 years. Uh, 13 years. 13 years. Was, she was the longest living resident that they, the longest wow. resident that they had had, uh, which I'm so thankful for because from our perspective, it meant every one of my kids got to know great grandma Becker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it was, it was a blessing for us. Something that, at the outset, we thought was going to be not a good thing, really ended up being such a blessing. Yeah. Uh, long term. Yeah. And so, give me a sense then, Kevin. If, uh, if I'm starting to think like I need to put this life plan in place, when's the right time to do that? I mean, what like what age do you see, or what physical characteristics? You know, about when should people start thinking how do I put that plan together? Sure, everyone's situation is unique. Uh, I would say, you know, if you're in your 70s, start thinking about what, what your future is going to be. Um, if you have children, it seems like a lot of kids instead of living close by are now, you know, moving to far, different cities. So again, what's, I keep going back to what is your plan? And as we discussed, there's a lot of competition out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our organization, we have uh, marketing uh, events almost every month. And so we have different topics, uh, whether it's successful, healthy aging or how to downsize, you know, go on our website or other websites to see what they're offering and go in and get a sense of the, uh, the community. You know, it's important to know, do you feel comfortable uh, as this part of your plan? So that's a, that's a good point. So when you talk about kind of these marketing events, uh, so if I'm hearing that correctly, so it's an opportunity for me, a prospective person looking yeah. to say, what is my plan going to be? Absolutely. Uh, and so I get to be on campus and uh, see what it's like and to kick the tires a little bit, exactly. if you will. Yeah. And oftentimes people will bring one of their children to the, one of the events as well. And then after the, whatever the topic is, oftentimes we'll have a meal in our dining room. So we can sit and, you know, they can experience our dining program. And then we try to have staff at every table and it allows people to ask, ask questions naturally as they come up over the course of a meal. Sure. And so is there a cost if I wanted to do something like that? Is that, I mean, is that just something for me to, so that I can make a better informed decision? How does that work? Yeah, there's no cost, at least for our organization. You know, the, the topic is an invitation. Again, it's on our website. Uh, we just ask people to register. So we uh, can accommodate the number of people coming and then there's no cost to the meal. It's, it's, it's good for both us and for the prospective resident. For sure. 
And so give me a little bit of a sense. Uh, so I, I kind of get this life plan idea put together and I know what I want to do. Let's say I'm 75 and I'm super healthy. I'm not ready to, to do this. I'm still traveling and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do I do then? Do I just, do I tell my kids, hey, I like Smith. If something happens, let's go there. Or do you actually talk to Smith and, and have a conversation? What does that look like? Yeah, so we have a sales counselor. And as I mentioned at the Smith Crossing campus, we have about 15 floor plans. So I would encourage as you go down this road and consider a life plan community, pick out an apartment, that, a floor plan that is interest to you. Um, build that relationship with the sales counselor and the community. And uh, we're seeing younger people moving into our communities as well, especially coming out of COVID. You oh, know, sure. Um, you know, we were a very safe place and uh, services were brought to them. They didn't have to feel like they were at the grocery store and we had all the services put in place when something like that happened. For sure. Okay. And, and so one of the biggest things that would be uh, on my mind that I hear our clients talk about is there's no way to afford it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and as we see what people are doing and the people that are that have made that step and what how they can potentially afford it, sometimes the hurdle is, I don't think there's any way I can afford it. I don't know if I, I want to do that. How does that work? Like, so if you could kind of compare and contrast, you might not know what other places are doing, but what's typical? I know, give us what Smith does, but then kind of is that typical across the industry or, you know, what's your experience with that? Yeah, so our organization uh, for the entrance fees, as I mentioned, for independent living, they're based off of the housing values in a five mile primary market radius. So uh, we hear oftentimes to your point, oh, I can't afford this. And when you realize the asset you have in your home and then you know the resources you have for your retirement, um, sometimes uh, people find out that it's, it's basically a wash between running a house, buying groceries, utilities, property taxes, maintenance on a house. Oftentimes they're spending in, in cable, internet, telephone, a lot of times you're paying for miscellaneous expenses you're never realizing you're paying every month. Sure. So our sales counselor has a sheet that you can go through uh, at your monthly expenses and compare it to our monthly service fee. Um, but I always say you can't put a price on the peace of mind by putting a plan in place. Sure. And and is that, so if I come in uh, to Smith, you said I can, I'm here, right? Like whether, for most of the, for the most part, no matter what my health does and uh, the commitment around will keep you here even if you run out of resources. How is that possible? And how do you make sure that I've got enough resources before yeah. I come in, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like what, how does that work? Yeah, as mentioned, we are a not-for-profit, so we're not looking to make a profit to a stockholder. Uh, I report to a board of trustees who take their fiduciary responsibility very serious. Um, and we also recognize we can't just bring everybody in. So we work with an actuarial model and it's based on uh, the person's age, um, and their monthly income and their assets to see, you know, what is the potential that we would be providing um, resources they were to uh, spend their, their resources down. So we work with people uh, and everyone's situation is different again based on their age and income and things like that. But, yeah. And is there, if I heard correctly, there's a is there like a charitable fund or something that is that is your backup that says, hey, if, if something happens here that, that we do have resources or there's yeah. a way to that we can help make sure that that person can? Yeah, and as a not-for-profit, we feel it's, we, we are obligated to give back to the community. So if people run out of resources, and, and I don't want people to think, oh, if I move into uh, life banking, I'm going to run out of money. That rarely happens. Sure. Um, but as a not-for-profit, um, we have to give back to the or, uh, to the greater community, and as such, we would not ask people to, to leave. So we manage our resources 
try to predict, you know, if people run on resources that so we could still manage them and, um, and provide the services that they've always experienced with us. Cool. Uh, and one, one thing that is a very common question that I get, uh, and, and help, maybe you can help me to understand or help to explain a little bit better. Uh, many times the people that will come in, that because literally that's their biggest concern. Their biggest concern is how much is it going to cost and run out of money. Many times people don't realize that you're okay. You know, this is oh, going to work out okay. All that kind of stuff. More often than that. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they'll come in and they'll say, well, I don't want to take, they're going to take all my money. And, and their, their concept is if I go in, I'm like signing a blank check that says everything I've got is now yours. Uh, but it, before I'm hearing, the independence continues on your money and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you absolutely, yeah. No, no, we're not taking those resources now. Yeah, again, there's an uh, entrance fee, a one-time fee, and then there's a monthly fee that we uh, ongoing. Cool. Well, Kevin, thank you very much. This was really enjoyable for me. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for hosting us. Uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. Uh, if you found anything helpful here, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us, and uh, until we meet again, we hope we can help you with your legacy with confidence. Be well.